whatever the problem, be part of the solution. Don't just sit around raising questions and pointing out obstacles. We've all worked with that person. That person is a drag. Tina Fey, Bossy Pants. It's time to go back. That's right, Leaders and Legacies has an all-new episode just for you and your ears. Those wonderful listening ears. Yes. This is going to be a very special episode of Leaders and Legacies with special guests. We'll announce who they are when you get into the episode. And for news on Season 2, please check out the end of the show. That's right. Listen to the whole show because, well, that would be nice. And, well, yeah, we've got Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves uh, patches to give away. That's right. Patches. That's right. We'll give away two patches. One to the first and one to the second person who listens to the whole episode and then goes over to leadersandlegacies.com and leaves a comment about what the show closed on. And I'll mail you a patch. That's right, a really cool scouting patch. Welcome back to a very special Leaders and Legacies podcast. When I say that, it's kind of like what we used to have happen on NBC when I was a very special Brady Bunch. We have a new player that is going to join us, and we're going to do introductions really quick. Our dear friend Seth Lowe is going to dungeon, dungeon us tonight, and we're going to let him explain that in a second. I'm going to shoot over to my partner, Dave. Dave, do you have anything you want to say? I think yeah, this will be a fun experiment. Yeah, Seth will tell us a little bit about kind of the origins of tonight's game. Um, it's going to be a little bit different than usual. Well, one second. I do want to give a shout out to everybody that is listening to us live now that we talked with you at um, University of Scouting yesterday. Um, so there's one, two, three of us that are on screen right now that went to university. Michael, did you go yesterday? I did not make it yesterday. Um, but we that was our first, I think the most of us in a room at any one time. No, well, your birthday party, yeah, was the, I think the, we had the vast majority of us. Oh, my birthday party, that's right, that's right. We did have everybody there. Yeah, so um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to see scouters in person again. So everybody that's joining us or listening to us later, um, thank you for making University of Scouting a success. We want to continue that. So volunteer to assist. In two weeks, Dave and I will be at the um, Council Commissioner College, and we'd love to see you there. You do not have to be a commissioner. And I will give you a button if you don't want to be recruited. You just want to see what's going on that says, please don't recruit me. I'm just here as an observer, right? We will, I will make sure that you do not get the hard press. But there's some amazing training at Commissioner College coming up that I think is very applicable to all types of unit leaders too. And it gives you a chance to think about what do I want to do once I'm out of my current role, right? So where do I go if I'm no longer Cub Master and my youth is not going to a troop? Um, some of us are dual registered as unit leaders as well as commissioners, and that's fine. Um, it's a lot of work, uh, but you know it's 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 on you. But if you if you want to go, let me know. I do not believe in a hard sell of commissioners. Um, if you already have a scouting job, because we want you to be good at your job, we want you to be great at the primary job you have, and then become a commissioner. Uh, three people recruited me for their colleges, so you won't be able to miss me at all. 
Yeah, Dave. I believe Dave is teaching in one of my in my college. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. The, the, you're teaching the P, one of the PhD programs, I believe. Yeah. Well, then there's four people that have got me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's turn it over to my dear friend Seth. Seth, you're in charge, my friend. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to start with a basic explanation of what's happening. So for those of you who've been listening to the podcast, you know that uh, last spring season, I went to uh, Wood Badge Leadership Program. Uh, Michael, who is our guest player tonight, is actually one of my patrol members from Wood Badge. Uh, and one of the things that he and I and a couple others talked about during our, our sessions were the concepts of uh, leadership training and how we could apply them uh, to a game with a purpose. Uh, and obviously, given the group that you're currently watching and listening to, D&D uh, became our game with a purpose. I started working on this last spring and have been kind of slowly developing a adventure module uh, with the intent of trying to reinforce some of our training methods and leadership skills that we try to teach the youth. and. My happy victims here have agreed to participate for tonight. I think we're going to go ahead and dive into it. I'm going to go through a couple of the basic rules first, and then we are going to dive straight in. Now, I do want to point out, nobody is introducing themselves as their character yet because none of them know which character they're going to play. As a matter of fact, my sacrificial lamb, Michael, is the only one who actually knows, and that's because I just told him and let it slip about 30 seconds ago. So... Uh, he will get to have fun with that momentarily. Uh, but to start with, um, I have made characters for everybody. Uh, and one of the first and foremost reasons is because if and when we get a chance to use this adventure with scouts, I want them to be able to come with nothing, sit at the table, not really have to have a great understanding of how characters are built or structured, and still have a reasonable character to play. Uh, so I have built pretty much one of every class that you can pick from. Um, this is intended to be completely safe and our standard scouting rules apply. So if any of us say anything inappropriate, please point it out. If we haven't caught it already, I still have the kitty doc up on my screen and I will happily add everyone uh, to their bill. This is designed to be a one-off campaign or adventure. So there is actually a time clock on this, which is not something you guys have ever like heard us play with before. So once we get to a certain point of the story, I will let everybody know and their clock begins. Uh, the entire body of the adventure must take place within uh, two days of time. Now there is one exception to that rule, uh, obviously because combat takes so long and it's actually such a short span of time in the actual like game world um i will pause the clock should you guys get into a fight this does not mean pick a fight with every person you see in the village all right that's cheating <laughs> the rest of these instructions will make more sense when we actually talk to the scouts so for the time being i'm going to hold off on them once we finish this uh I'd like to do a post-mortem with everybody here, including some thoughts from the audience as to what you guys thought of it and if there were any glaring holes or problems with the story that you guys couldn't follow. Uh, so please feel free to post any comments in chat, uh, either on Facebook or Twitter or wherever else you're watching us. Uh, we'll certainly happily address them as best we can. 
we are going to start the story now. The adventure begins where Lord William Turn is taking his group of friends following an instruction letter that he was given by his commanding general. He was requested to grab his most elite group he could and meet with a ranger and a mage outside of a small village uh, in the southern elven plainslands of Asania. As you guys make your way there, off in the distance, you start to see a glow of a campfire. It's nighttime. Uh, the plains are quiet. You can hear the animals chirping about. Uh, surrounding this campfire are two individuals. You see one sitting on a stool by the fire, barking out orders to the other. Uh, spread across his lap is a large leather-bound tome. He's wearing what appear to be some form of blue silken robe. Uh, looks a pretty ornate from what you're used to seeing, but doesn't appear to be carrying any weapons of any kind. You don't realize or recognize the second person until the one on the stool points him out. His dark leathers make him very hard to see in the shadows. You see a finely crafted longbow spread and strapped across his back with a quiver of arrows. At his side, there is two short swords slung on each hip. And watching or looking closely up his vamp braces, you will see an additional six daggers, three on each arm, uh, easily accessible and probably quite good for throwing. He has a long, dark cowl that's pulled up over his head so that you can't really make out his face in the firelight. As a matter of fact, most of him seems to flicker in and out of the shadows as he stands there tending the fire. The one thing that you notice out of place on him is a silver embroidered or embossed uh, crashing wave on his left shoulder. Uh, this is the symbol that Lord Turn was told to search for when searching for the party out in the wilderness. Uh, it, is a mem it is a symbol of the Imperial Army's main captain of the guards. Uh, so he essentially would be the one who manages the protection for all the commanding generals. As you approach, you realize that he's actually been staring at you for the last couple minutes as you've been kind of quietly coming up to him. Uh, and in, within a hair's breadth of you speaking, uh, he has his bow out and an arrow knocked, drawn and pointed straight at you. Uh, Michael, as you have been deemed to be Lord William Turn for this event, um, you are welcome to add anything or request anything, ask any questions you want along the way. Um, as you approach the fire, you notice that his bow is not dropping. Uh, the person who was on the stool has jumped to his feet. You, the book has tumbled to the ground. Um, getting a closer look at him, he appears to have very portly, we'll say, um, appearance. Uh, stands probably in the five, six range, bit of a oiled beard going on and a balding head. Has a strange smell of herbal and spice and components that you're not quite familiar with. As you're approaching, the gentleman with the arrow pointed at you barks out, announce yourself. Good sir, I beseech you, stop. Lay down your, your arrow. Come closer and I may. I mean you no harm. I approach closer to the fire so that he can fully see me in the light. Ah, Lord Turn, you've been expected. It is I. Please, approach with your friends. Thank you. 
he doesn't put the arrow and bow away, but you do notice that he kind of eases tension on it and puts it at, at his waistline. So judging by how fast he got the bow off his back and had the arrow notched, he could probably lose two or three before you had a chance to get your sword around. Your caution is admirable, sir. I thank you. Well, given the times, it seems appropriate. Indeed. And given what I'm about to ask you to do, how much information were you given outside of please meet me here? That was the extent of the information I was given. Well, you were requested to come here because we've come to a problem with the Majin Guild of Asania. Uh, I don't know how much you are familiar with trade. I know your family is large in sea merchants. Uh, however, uh, on land, we use a series of magical portals called waygates, uh, and we are in need of some assistance in gaining control of one. At which point the man in the blue robe has seems to finally have gotten himself together. He's like, en enough, enough, Sabor. You're, you're going to confuse the man. Allow me to explain this a little bit more finely to you. Um, the Majin Guild has raised the taxes and fees to all Waygate usages. Now, to a sailor such as your family, it probably doesn't mean much. However, to land-based traders, when you're trying to sell goods on one side of the continent to the other, and all of a sudden you have to pay four times the amount of taxes to use these gates, it becomes inconceivable how hard it is to make ends meet. What we have decided is that we need to shall we say, liberate uh, one of the keystones to their wakings. Now, what is going on typically is at this time of year, the Meijing guilds have all met in the central city of Asania in Sanrin in order to pontificate on their magnificence. They're off showing off to each other and proving which guild hall is the best. So we have actually acquired a number of small teams such as yourselves to try and infiltrate one of the guild halls and retrieve one of the keystones. We would very much like it if uh, you would be able to participate. At this point in time, we are going to freeze the game. So we're going to step out of the game. You now know roughly what you're going to be doing. I will answer any basic questions as long as they don't involve character conversation right now. Right. The essential plot is you need to sneak into a city, enter a mage clan guild hall, steal a keystone, which your character would know of a keystone. You have encountered them before. Uh, it's basically a grapefruit-sized crystal. Uh, could be made of any precious gem. Uh, just depends on the, the mage who crafted it at the time. Mm -hmm. Your letter to you simply said to meet these two here and to bring your most elite, stealthy assault force that you could think of. Now, I have supplied a number of characters for you to choose from. Uh, you have Denethir, the Dwarven Paladin, uh, Feltor, the Elven Wizard, Fergus, the Halfling Rogue, Greknar, the Half-Orc Barbarian, Tarlkin, the uh, Dragonborn Sorcerer, Thrush, a Elf Ranger, Vara, a Half-Elven Druid, Varen, a Dwarven Cleric, or Winston, a Human Bard. Now, obviously, you can only pick five of those characters to bring with you. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the first person I want you to pick, though, is your trusted advisor. 
All right. This is somebody who you have served with for a long period of time. They have a mm -hmm. distinguished career with you. Uh, and I will point out and allow our audience to note, he knows absolutely nobody on this call. No one. Uh, so he has never played with any of us. So, and I also completely blindsided with him about him, all of this about 15 minutes ago. So he, he's being a very good sport right now. Um, so I will allow you to choose any one of your compadres here as your trusted advisor. Okay. Thank you. Um, Rachel, would you like to be Feltor, my advisor? Sure, I will be Feltor, the elf wizard. Feltor is the wizard, the elf wizard, yes. And there is no gender specific, Rachel, so if you want to play him as a male, you can. If you want to play him female, you can do that too. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. Matter of fact, actually, I don't even think I filled out gender on the character sheet. Perfect. That's, I, they should be able to be just handed out, right? Yeah, ideally. Um, okay, so uh, I assign characters to the rest. Uh, so Rachel will go in and claim Feltor, and then you just tell everybody else who's on the call who you would like them to play. Outstanding. Uh, Sanjay, could you be Fergus the Halfling Rogue, please? Awesome. Uh, let's see. Chris, uh, you are going to play Winston the Bard. Rob, uh, you're going to be our Dwarf Cleric. And that's Varon. And uh, Dave is Tarlkin, the Dragonborn Sorcerer. Give us one second. Can we take a moment to look at who we are? Yep, please. By all means, take this part of the timing. I was expecting between five and ten minutes for you guys to go through, scout out the character sheet, and see who you have. While you guys are doing that, Michael. Yes. The next step for you. Um, the way your team is going to be broken down, you need to pick someone who is going to be your uh, party accountant. All right, they're going to be responsible for all financial transactions. Lord William Turn would not actually ever handle the money for his businesses. He would actually have somebody who is next to him who would take care of the transactions. He would be aware of them, but he's not going to participate in them. That's just a nobility thing of Asania. Of course. Um, you will also need to pick out kind of your your scout. This is the person who you trust to range off and do their own thing by themselves, kind of make sure they get the intel back to you. Uh, and those will become more relevant roles momentarily once you guys have had a couple minutes to look over your characters. I think it would make the most sense for Feltor, my uh, wizard counselor, to be my accountant. Uh, my uh, my uh, my next possibility would be Fergus the Rogue because rogues are very good with their accounting. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, whenever everyone has a chance to review their character sheets, then we should be ready to roll. I will let you guys let me know when you are ready. So I, I just want to say, Michael, since you haven't listened to any of our previous podcasts. Congratulations, you actually went one for five. No, no. Only one class has matched up with something that one of our players has played with. Now, I'm going to go through the adventure, and I'm not going to tell you which one actually got the class he's extremely familiar with. And you have to tell us at the end of the game who it is. Awesome. 
So it's not letting me, it's not even giving me the option to claim it, but I can see him and I can work off his sheet. But I don't think it's gonna let me roll in D&D &D Beyond. I mean, I can roll outside D&D &D Beyond. It just won't help with Seth seeing things. Honestly, I'm not looking at your rolls. I'm going to take you at your word that you guys are going to tell me what you got. Are you telling us that you think scouts are trustworthy? <sighs> <sighs> That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, Rachel, just work it however works for you. I mean, in the end, the goal would be if we're doing this outside at a picnic table or whatever, everybody's going to have character sheets. Um, so they'll be able to roll manually anyway. So, right. All right. What you will also notice as you guys flip through the character sheets and, uh, is that none of your gear is equipped. All right. I've left it there only as a sampling. So you can see what the character should have, but in a second, you're going to find out that you guys have to turn over all of your gear before entering the town. Makes sense. But you guys just let me know when you are ready and I will proceed. Yeah, I, I'm ready whenever you are, but I can sit here and make the silence as uncomfortable as you need it to be. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this a, a weird specialization? <laughs> He's very gifted. <laughs> if everyone's got their talent. I'm good. Then I will go ahead and continue. All right, so as you guys pull around the campfire, the ranger known as Sabor starts passing out small wooden bowls, and you notice he's got a heavy cast iron pot on the fire, and he starts ladling out what appears to be some form of lamb stew. Please, here, we got some information to cover with you before you can head out. At least get some refreshment on us before you guys have to hit the road. But meanwhile, the gentleman in the blue robe is already like shoveling spoonfuls into his mouth and trying to talk through it. It's like, yeah, I'm um, sorry. Um, sorry, I didn't, I didn't get lunch. Okay, so what you need to know, the town you're going to is a town called Melkin. All right, it is south of San Rin, part of the uh, security belt for the city. Uh, out of game, what you would know the security belt is, is the capital of Asania, the entire continent is, is the major city named Sanrin. Around it are a series of smaller villages connected by a wall uh, that allows them to act kind of like perimeter guard for the capital. Um, Melkin is on the southernmost edge of this perimeter village town wall system. So when you get to Melkin, you're going to have to get in through the guard. Now, the protectorate guard that surround the city and the capital, uh, well, they're not on the best first name terms with the current Imperial Army. Uh, there's been a whole lot of stuff going on in the court. You don't want to get into it. Trust me, it's better if you don't. But you're going to kind of have to leave your armor, weapons, and anything that bears the insignia of the Imperial Army with us. We know that's a little awkward, but as long as you stay on the Imperial Road, uh, that'll take you straight to Melkin, and it'll be guarded by the Protectorate, so you shouldn't have any problem with any wild beasties or anything like that. If you go up to them with Imperial arms, you're going to get detained and 
probably shot on sight, but that's that's just a minor thing. Um, don't stress about it. Um, once you get there, um, I will. Uh, who who handles the money for you guys? Feltor. That would be me, sir. Definitely to look more trustworthy than the other one. Why? Thank you. You see him like open up his leather satchel beside his side and pulls out this like um, embroidered leather pouch, like really fancy. You would recognize it as a component pouch. Clearly, it's something that he had hidden in with his other components. Um, and he hands it over to you. Inside is 400 gold pieces. It's like, I know I'm taking all your gear, but this should allow you to buy some new gear when you get there. Sir, sir, excuse me. I have a question. Okay. As you know, the road less traveled may be very, very rocky, but it leads to beautiful vistas. And me without my lute, which is just a simple magical instrument, I would not be able to perform for those masses that we should come across. May I keep my lute? Does it have anything that's insignia of the army on it? No, I would never let anything scratch my lute. Then your lute should be fine. Thank you. Thank you. Armor, weapons, things like that that are clearly military grade, those I can't let you take with you because you just get detained and that just kind of negates the entire point of me sending you in the first place. But if you if you can get your loot in, I'm all for it. And honestly, probably, you know what? That might help because one of the people that you're going to want to talk to, Corellis Windsong. She's an elvish bard. Uh, she works over at the Pristine Coney. She's one of our contacts in the city. She kind of does a lot of singing and songwriting there. Um, you can probably use her. She will get you rooms and she can also provide you an easy place for you guys to meet and talk over what you need to do to, you know, plan out anything. And she can cause enough of a distraction that nobody's going to pay any attention to you. Trust me, she's good at what she does. Feltor, well, that, uh, I guess you never told him your name, did you? Um, <laughs> my slip up. Um, he, he's a wizard. He might just know it. He ain't that good of a wizard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to say that. You can guess based on the fact that, well, you could probably make a fairly sizable assessment as to who he is. Um, meaning that he's obviously not part of the Maging Guild. Otherwise, he wouldn't be trying to sabotage them. Okay. What he, he turns to you and is like, okay, so the person you're going to want to talk to, uh, there is a guy named Celebor. Um, he works on the western side uh, in the Cardinal Cafe. All right. It's right by the big church in town. Okay. All right. Nice, clean part of town. He works in the kitchens there. Okay. You go talk to him and uh, he can replace m most of the gear that we're having to borrow from you. And we'll get it back to you afterwards, I promise. Okay. Uh, but if you go talk to him, you'll, he'll get you squared away. Another person you're going to want probably somebody a little on the less savory side he starts kind of looking at fergus there's a guy named marv um he is a halfling he he lives on the eastern side of town um right by the wall uh, but honestly you probably find him in the dragon's breath saloon uh which is let's just say good people don't go there my kind of place he might be able to give you some intel on the on the tower itself and maybe possible ideas on how to get in. The reason we think this is all going to work out and the reason why we're moving so quickly on this is because we got about two days before we get the guild hall coming back. So they're running a skeleton crew right now. 
handful of guards, maybe a couple apprentices in there. Um, we don't think they've got many people there protecting the tower, but this is our chance. But if we take too long, it's going to come back to bite us. All right. So whatever you do, once you get in there, get in, get out, get the, get it done quick. Okay. Anything else I can answer for you? So we need to uh, talk to Selator, who works in the kitchens, who will replace our gear once we're in the city. We need to talk to Marv at the Dragon's Breath Saloon. Um, and uh, probably also Coella uh, at the Pristine Pony. Coella's Winsong. Coella's. Coella's. She'll get she'll get you squared away, so you at least have a place to stay the night and can talk. All right, sounds good. Then I guess tomorrow you'll be on your way. Thank you, sir. All right, so it'll take you about a day to get there. You'll have two days once you're there, and then you got to be out of town. Just making sure there's no no confusion there, right? Two days out of town. Yep, got it. Timetable is very critical here. And you might as well all enjoy the fire, the nice starry night. You can play Guess That Constellation if you want. I'll bet you I'll win that one. Uh, and then set off first thing in the morning. I, I just need to say the roots of tomorrow grow from the seeds of today. How very poetic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bart. <laughs> Dungeon Master moment with our very own Dungeon Master D. January gone. February gone. March gone. April gone. So we're here in May. We find ourselves on the precipice of new episodes. Not the episodes we thought we were going to be airing, but special, very special bonus episodes. We hope you'll pardon our delay in getting season two up and running we did want to continue to provide you new content we've had some technical difficulties with the recordings of our season two stuff that we're finally working out the kinks on so without further ado please check out our ads now all the fun little bits check the show notes down below to find out about our webpage leadersandlegacies.com our patreon site where you can support us for as little as i believe three dollars and you get rewards for doing so also check out our t public store that's t public slash leaders and legacies also follow us on twitter for all the latest and greatest and one thing I did want to add this week is that if you're interested in actually playing some D&D with me, I'll be DMing a public game under the uh, handle Dave, and that's on startplaying.games. See the show notes below to ha- find out how to sign up for that. 
We are not affiliated with Wizards of the Coast or the Boy Scouts of America, although we do highly recommend both organizations as your life will vastly improve with both of them in it. Our show art was created by Jenna Vincent. Our show logo was created by Catherine Evans. Additional art is licensed from Shutterstock.com. Music is licensed from Soundstripe.com. And never forget to remember... Ha 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 